Well, let's have your Bibles this morning. Go ahead and turn with me to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 14. And I want to speak a brief message this morning on the peace of the Lord. You know, the fourth Sunday of Advent really is all about peace. And the title of this message this morning is something I've been looking forward to preaching now for quite a while. It's entitled, Dona Nobis Pacem, which is Latin for God, give us peace. How many of you are thankful for the peace of the Lord this morning? Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 14, we did read it today, but I'd like to just go ahead and read it one more time. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were greatly afraid. Can you imagine having angels show up to you out in the middle of a field? That would mess with you a little bit. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace goodwill towards men. Would you bow your heads with me for a moment? Holy Spirit, we thank you that you're in this place today. And Jesus, we want to thank you as we gather this Christmas morning to say thank you for coming to this world. Knowing all that you would face, knowing all that you were being born for, that you would be faithful to listen to the Father. Lord, this morning we honor you. Lord, we thank you this Christmas Eve that we can honor your coming, but more than that, we honor all that you did because you came. Now may we decrease this morning. May you increase in this place. And all God's people said, Dona nobis pacem. Years ago, this is a portion of a song from the Latin Mass in the text of the Agnes Day. And Agnes Day means Lamb of God. I love the fact that everybody knew that Jesus was born as the spotless Lamb of God. I was actually introduced to this song not because I was so spiritual and sitting in a church service and listening to this wonderful song. I was actually watching the show M.A.S.H., and it's a favorite of ours to do at Christmas time. In the middle of a war, in the middle of battles, in the middle of trials, they began to sing these three words, Dona Nobis Pachem. God grant us peace. Ralph on Williams composed this song three years before the outbreak of World War II. 
It was a moment that the world needed that prayer, give us peace. And our world today and people individually need to know the hope of peace that is offered to us by God. All around the world today, people have gathered in church services just like this. Some will still be having them. Some will gather at midnight tonight. They'll be gathering in Israel, Ukraine, gathering in South America, Australia. But all over the world, people will be talking about our Jesus, the Prince of Peace. Peace is the opposite of fear. It is also the opposite of war. And the angel's message to the shepherds was very simple. Do not be afraid. In the midst of what was going on in the world at that time, the supernatural entered into our natural and began to sing the praises of God in a small field where many people wouldn't even take notice. Peace calms the soul. It settles the chaos and the confusion, not only in the world, but that rages inside of every one of us. Christmas time reminds us in a very special way that one of the most precious gifts that Jesus can give us is the gift of peace. In John 14, 27, Jesus said, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. The New Living Translation puts it like this, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. The truth is that we live in a world that is troubled and afraid on many fronts. But God invites us into his peace. And his peace is unlike the world's way of peace. The world's peace is temporary, it's situational, and it's dependent on a lot of different variables. But the gift that Jesus gives us is the abiding presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And the Bible tells us this, he will never leave us and he'll never forsake us. Probably just as much as at any other time in history, we need Christmas peace. When Jesus entered the world, it was a time of incredible turmoil. Life was hard, For most people, the world was in desperate need of a Savior. And at just the right time in history, His story, Christ was born. We needed Christmas then, and we need Christmas today. On that first Christmas, His story was about to become our story. Touch someone next to you and just tell them, It's all about my story too. Go ahead, tell them. Listen, I love how the angels appeared to the shepherds in the middle of a silent night. I don't know how Jesus appeared to you, how he revealed to you, himself to you, 
that first time, but I'm certain that it had just as much impact. God has a way of showing up when we least expect it. And of course, we know that he's always with us, but there are moments when he powerfully reminds us of his peace. I remember some special moments growing up and even early in ministry when God would remind me of his peace. I remember one night around Christmas time, I was walking home. As a teenager, I would work at Foodland. I was a stock boy. It was a Friday night. It was snowing. Snow was coming down hard. How many of you love those nights? Beautiful white. How many of you are enjoying Florida and not the snow? I was walking home, and it was just one of those perfect nights. It was quiet. The snow was falling. The light was coming. It was about 10.30 in the evening. It was just beautiful. I've grown up serving the Lord, received Christ as my Savior when I was five. And that special night, I was excited about being off work, knowing I'd be off the next couple days, but... I remember coming up over the hill and I just sensed the presence of God. The peace that was there. I remember the first church that I pastored in the hills of Pennsylvania. I was walking back from the Christmas Eve service. It was just probably about 100 yards from the church to the parsonage. Everyone had gone home. The lights were out. Again, the snow was falling. And in that moment, it was like the Holy Spirit just stopped everything. He said, you know, in the midst of all that you're doing, I want you to take a moment and just know that I'm glad to be with you. How many of you are thankful for your relationship with the Holy Spirit? My prayer for you this Christmas is that not only would you know his peace, but that you would know the beauty of his presence in your life. All of us need those amazing moments in the stillness when we're reminded of the goodness of God, his kindness for us and our families, those moments when he quiets our heart and with such tenderness reminds us that we're loved. In the Bible, there's a word that is used over 400 times. In the Hebrew, it's the word shalom. And in the English, the only way we know how to translate that is the word peace. But really, our English word falls so short of it. Shalom is a word that speaks of more than the absence of strife. It actually speaks of quiet and wholeness to every part of who we are, spirit, soul, and body. It speaks of harmony with us and God and with a good relationship with other people. It is that acknowledgement that we are righteous before God and that we are complete in Him, completely physically, psychologically, and spiritually. God wants to touch every single part of us. When prophesying about the coming Savior, the prophet Isaiah put peace at the core 
of Jesus' purpose for coming. Isaiah 9, chapter 6 is one of the verses we read so much at this time of year. It says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and watch this, Prince of Peace. When I was preparing my heart for this message, I kept hearing the Lord speak to me those words, Prince of Peace. And many of us as Christians know Jesus as Savior. Many understand Him as Lord and Master of our lives. Some of us even know Him as the Lion of the tribe of Judah. Because we're Pentecostals, we love to move and talk about the power of God. But I believe this morning that God wants you to rediscover Him as your Prince of Peace. You see, a prince rules for the king. And while a king's job is to wage war, it is the prince who oversees peace at home. He keeps the peace. And he maintains the peace. And in a world that is short on peace, these shepherds that we read about faced fear, like many of us do today. And Jesus could have entered the world any way that God wanted him to. But to a fearful and fear-filled world, he sent a baby to put everyone at ease. You see, the peace that Christ brings is something far deeper and far different than what many experience. Christmas peace is far deeper than one silent night bathed in the glow of a fire. The the peace that God brings is greater than the light of a Christmas tree and candles that are lit around our house. The truth is that the moments of tranquility in our life will never sustain us for a lifetime. Someone said in a devotional that I was reading, if our expectations for Christmas are gifts and time with family, then we've set our expectations too low. The truth is that no Christmas carol can fix a broken heart. No amount of decorations can beautify the results of an ugly relationship. And no amount of presence can replace what has been lost. All those things are enjoyable. They have their place. We thank God for them. Christmas is much deeper. It's a celebration of the coming of Christ and His redemption of mankind. Many people look at the world today and wonder, Where is this promised peace? Yesterday I was opening Facebook and immediately because the church in Denmark that I visit is six hours ahead of us, they were holding their Christmas service, the Ukrainian church. And I've got to tell you, the church was filled from front to back with Ukrainian refugees who had just been displaced in war. But there they were in the middle of their Christmas service 
worshiping Jesus. Smiles on their face, worship on their lips. Dealing with things that you and I have never had to deal with in our lifetime. Them being displaced from their country and their nation. Finding other believers just like themselves in a strange land. Understanding that the peace of God can penetrate your heart when everything around you has been shaken. Many people want to know where is the peace But Jesus made it clear that he would bring peace on earth. And before he would ever usher in worldwide global peace, he had a higher agenda. Oh, the day is coming when the world will know no more war. A day is coming when there will be no more sin and there will be no more death. We are promised that one day the lion will lay down with the lamb. How many of you are looking forward to all of that? But before this happens, Christ has purposed to bring peace in three very specific ways to all who will trust in him for salvation. First, Jesus came that we would have peace with God. Through his birth, death, and resurrection, we can now move from being enemies of God to children of God. How many of you are glad this morning that you're a child of the Lord Jesus Christ? Aren't you thankful that you're no no longer an enemy of God, but known as a friend? Hebrews 13, 20 through 21 says, Now may the God of peace, who brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you complete in every good work to do his will, working in you what is well-pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ. To whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. You see, Christ reveals to us that our God desires a loving and peaceful relationship with us. And there's something beautiful about the mercy and the grace and the goodness of God. Psalms 85 says, I will hear what God the Lord will speak. For he will speak peace to his people and to his saints. But let them not turn back to folly. Surely his salvation is near to those who fear him. The glory, that glory may dwell in our land. I love this verse. Mercy and truth have met together. Righteousness and peace have kissed. Truth shall spring out of the earth and righteousness shall look down from heaven. Yes, the Lord will give what is good, and our land will yield its increase. Righteousness will go before him and shall make his footsteps our path. You see, salvation is the place where mercy and truth meet and where they come together in our lives. I love that portion that says righteousness and peace have kissed. Righteousness and peace greet one another with that holy coming together. You see, righteousness and peace are not always compatible. But a righteous God who must bring judgment on sin and unrighteousness 
made sure that through Jesus Christ we would have His salvation and that mercy and truth would come together so that peace with God the Father could be ours. I pray today that you would know that you have peace with God. May that settledness be in your heart. The second way that we remember that we have peace with God is that Christ came that we might have peace with one another. You see, Christmas presents us with many opportunities for many family memories, for many many touches. Yet, Christmas is also time where many old hurts and struggles can begin to resurface. Listen, God's desire is to allow His life and peace into all of our relations. For many, Christmas is a hectic time. It's busy, and it becomes filled with impatience and agitation. Sometimes conflict and struggles begin to surface that cause pain. I want to remind you that things will never satisfy or fill the emptiness. Things will never give you self-worth or restore a broken relationship. Take time to be still in God's presence. Allow Him to bring you hope. Allow Him to fill you up. Listen, it's remarkable how many of our Christmas music was actually produced during times of war. While the resurrection reminds us of the spiritual war that we face, It reminds us that Jesus won the war. And Christmas reminds us that Jesus quietly and powerfully entered into our warfare as an unassuming child. With all the turmoil in the world and all the turmoil we have as we fight the good fight, Christmas reminds us that in the middle of our war, he brings peace. There's a Christmas carol that was written years ago called, I Heard the Bells. On Christmas Day. It's actually based on an 1863 poem that was written by Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. The song tells of the narrator hearing Christmas bells during the American Civil War. And if you read through this carol and you know the backstory, Longfellow actually works through some personal grief because of the loss of his wife and the wounding of his son. But in the end, he was reminded that God's peace wins out. I'd like to read that carol to you. I heard the bells on Christmas Day, their old familiar carols play, and mild and sweet, the words repeat of peace on earth, goodwill to men. And then thought how, as the day had come, the belfries of all Christendom had rolled along the unbroken song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. Then from each black accursed mouth, the cannon thundered in the south, and with the sound, the carols drowned of peace on earth, goodwill to men. It was as if as an earthquake rent the hearthstones of a continent, 
and made forlorn the households born of peace on earth, goodwill to men. And in despair I bowed my head. There is no peace on earth, I said, for hate is strong and mocks the song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. Then pealed the bells more loud and deep. God is not dead, nor does he sleep. The wrong shall fail, the right prevail with peace on earth, goodwill to men. I think whenever we hear those songs, we are moved with relief and filled with hope. God is not dead, nor does he sleep. I love where he says the wrong shall fail, the right prevail, with peace on earth, goodwill to men. Listen, there is a day when all wrongs will be made right, when all hurt will be healed, when all hate will turn to love, when all swords will be turned into plows, when all the wicked will be defeated, and when the lion will lay with the lamb. Listen, the realities of the world do not disappear just because it's the Christmas season. But those realities dim in the light of the fact that one day all of those things will bow to the finished work of Jesus Christ. Listen, the third way that we are reminded of peace is that Christ brings us internal peace. I want to remind you this morning that the peace of Jesus transcends our situations. His peace surpasses our bank accounts, our sickness, or the fulfillment or the lack of fulfillment of our plans and dreams. Listen, some of you this morning are sitting here with every dream and every plan that you've ever set out to achieve. They've all been fulfilled, and you have that sense of fulfillment. For some of you, listen, life has not turned out the way that you thought it really did when you started out. All the dreams don't look like you thought they would be, and that's okay. Listen, the Bible promises a peace that passes us understanding. In the middle of our circumstances, that it should unnerve us, in the things that test our faith, in the disappointments that we face, we have a God that releases peace, that our emotions and our senses many times don't even understand. I want to remind you this morning that you are not a victim, but a victor in Jesus Christ. We're not helpless, but we have the help and the hope of God himself. Our God is Jehovah Shalom, God, our peace. Would you touch someone next to you and tell them he's your peace? Please just preach to someone this morning and remind them that he's faithful. Philippians 4, 6 through 7 says this, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And watch this, and the peace of God, which surpasses 
all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Listen, come on. If you have the peace of God this morning, would you give Him praise? I want to remind you that anxiety and anxiousness are just other words for fear. It's worry that has moved past concern into the realm of believing that our problem or our problems are bigger than God or that our God is not really all that interested in them. I just want to remind you that God is interested in your difficulties. As a matter of fact, Christmas reminds us that our God loved us so much that he sent his son from heaven to deal with the biggest problem we would ever have, to remind us that if he could take care of that, he can take care of anything. Christmas is all about us having a problem that is bigger than we are and that we had no hope of fixing on our own. We couldn't fix our sin problem. And because of that, we would face physical and spiritual death. But I want to remind you, God took care of all of that. The answer to our worries and fears in this life is the same answer for our sins. We need to take them to God. And someone needs to hear this today. God isn't worried about anything. I don't know if you knew that. There's not one thing that God's up there wringing his hands over going, I don't know what to do with this. There's not one thing that God's up there wringing his hands over going, I don't know if I have the power to take care of this situation. There's not one thing that God's up there going, I didn't even know that was going on in the life of my child. He wants you to know this morning that he's not worried about anything. And when we give our fears and anxieties to Him, in exchange He gives us His peace. His peace becomes our peace. And we exchange our fear for His calm, for His hope, and for His answers. As a matter of fact, what you just read in Philippians, the Bible calls a peace that passes understanding. I found that many people have temporary peace on Christmas Day. They allow the holiday to allow them to forget for a day. Yet, inside there's a lingering thought that everything will still be there tomorrow. But you know what else? So will Jesus. God's peace surpasses understanding. It overrides our thinking and reasoning and gives us a sense that all is well even when the problems are still there. You know why? Because it is. God's promises a peace that will guard our heart and will guard our mind. It will protect our thinking and it will protect how we think about things. It will guard our inner man and everything that matters to us. You see, that word guard means a garrison that guards a castle. 
It's a force that protects the entirety of our being and what matters to us. Listen, God's peace is on patrol so that Satan cannot get into our heart and not get into our head. Touch someone next to you and say, don't let him in your head. Go ahead. Listen, can I just encourage you this morning? Don't let the enemy mess with your mind. Let God guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. If that's your purpose, would you say a good amen this morning? Listen, the peace of God doesn't just sustain us. It propels us forward in his plan for our lives. You see, Christmas is all about the gift of God's Son, Jesus. All of us can remember that one Christmas present that set the benchmark for all other Christmas gifts. Can you remember that one? For some, it was a toy. For some, it was a trip. For some, it might be a book. There's just some people who are good at giving gifts. Anyone here know someone that's really good at giving gifts? Yeah. You're, you're good at giving gifts? Tammy, I'll be, I'll be waiting. Uh, she's really good. I'll be waiting for my gift after church. Thank you very much. I'm a size cookie. Hallelujah. Listen. There are some people who are just great at it. That's a gift. There's some of us, we need all the help we can get giving gifts. But can I remember, remind you that Jesus is the master gift giver. He is the gift that keeps on giving. And I don't know if you've noticed, but Jesus is full of surprises. Matthew seven eleven says, If you then... Being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children? How much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask Him? My prayer this Christmas day is that you may be blessed with the wonderful gift of God's peace. I want to remind you that God is full of surprises. Like the shepherds, don't let those surprises like the angels did startle you. May they thrill your heart. May they calm your spirit. May those gifts that God gives inspire you with faith. I'd like to leave you with a Christmas blessing found in the book of Revelation before we come, uh, I'm sorry, in the book of Romans before we come to receive communion. In Romans 15, 13 it says, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Dona nobis pacem. Give us peace. In just a couple of seconds here, we're going to receive the elements of the Lord's Supper. We always do something a little different on Christmas Eve service. Everyone will come forward to actually receive the elements. I'll be standing at the front. Don's going to just play some basic Christmas music over the, over the sound system. And If you would actually just, here's how we'll do it. If you'll 
come out one row at a time and then kind of make your way back to your seat. How many of you, even though we have skinny aisles, how many of you think you can be kind to one another? Amen. You'll take those elements, hold them in your hand, and if you'll just go back to your seat and hold them in your hand. We're going to come and receive the elements of the body and blood of Jesus Christ this morning together. I'd like you to take a moment just between you and the Lord. Share that time with Him. Thank Him for what He's done. If you're in the need of peace this morning, I pray that you'd receive it in the name of Jesus. After we've received the elements together, we've received communion, we're just going to stand one more time and we're going to end with our traditional that we always do and sing Silent Night together, even though it's morning. And then you'll be dismissed. I pray that you'll have a wonderful and Merry Christmas. If we could stand together this morning, I want to pray just before we come to receive these elements. Father, I thank you that you're in this place. In the Spirit of God, we welcome your peace and your kindness. Lord, this morning we're reminded that your word says that those who come must come as a little child. This morning as we held, as I held Stevie in my arms, I was so reminded of how dependent a baby is on you. And Lord, this morning we thank you that we are dependent upon you for everything. I pray that, Lord, in these next couple moments, as we hold the elements in our hands, that you would know our love for you. You've already proven your love for us. You came as a child. You grew. You went to Calvary. And you rose again. Jesus, there's not another thing you need to prove to us. Today we gather in this sacred place to love you. As your family, as your children, from all different walks of life, from all different places in the world, we pray that this Christmas you would know the love of your family and our gratefulness for all that you've done. In Jesus' name.